Across all of ESPN, we're kicking off the week on November 30th. We do it every year around the start of the college basketball season to honor our teammate, Jim Valvano, by supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, the foundation that he announced in his unforgettable SV speech so many years ago. And Jim's message of don't give up, don't ever give up, means even more to us this year than ever before. We're seeing it especially hit close to home to our beloved teammate and cancer fundraising champion, Dick Vitale, and his recent cancer diagnosis. If you're able, join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research. You can do it by going to v.org slash donate now. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. We are back. Linda Cohn, Emily Kaplan. This is in the crease. Emily, I'll tell you, I know it was a holiday weekend and all that stuff, but there were a lot of players that were not in a holiday mood. They were not sharing good tidings. They were not sharing their turkey. I don't know what they were doing, but it was driving me nuts because, you know, me and you, we're hockey fans. I want people, I want the mainstream to be talking about the great hockey I saw in the last few days. Not about stupidity. Not about Brad Marchand and Artemi Panarin and Panarin forced to throw his glove and then asking for the glove back after he threw it at Brad Marchand. I know the guy trash talks. And then he wasn't done in another game, the slew foot and the slew foot of Oliver ekman Larson. And that had resulted now in a three-game suspension for Brad Marchand. So before I get into the other stuff, let's do it one at a time. Brad Marchand, Emily, is so damn talented. So talented. He's one of the 10 best players in the National Hockey League. You can make a case he's in the top five. I ask this all the time after every one of these incidents. Why does he need to do this? Why does he need to trash talk and say disgusting things to opposing players? And why does he risk injury to another player by slew footing? Okay, we're going to get into the slew footing second because that is an entire topic that we need to talk about. And in my opinion, it is directly related to the uh, the crackdown on cross-checking. But again, we'll get into that. This Thanksgiving game, ABC, the first time we're back on the network in 17 years. And the most notable thing that happens is one star player is trash talking another star player to the point where that star player on the New York Rangers is so fed up and pissed off that he literally throws a glove. And it's kind of comical to see, but you need to understand the background of it. Brad Marchand does it because he can get under people's skin. And he does it better than anyone else. He does it with a laugh. He's very clever about it. He knows how to toe that line. I believe, though, what he did to Artemi Panarin crossed that line because everyone I've talked to at that game said that he was saying things that were deeply personal for Artemi Panarin. Agreed. If you go back to Russia, you're not wanted there. You're a peasant there. Let's think about Artemi Panarin's story. He grew up extremely humble, very poor. How hurtful that is to talk about that when he's worked so hard to be where he is. Think of last year where he had to take a leave of absence because of messages he had speaking out against his government and how scared he was for his safety. Again, these are things that are deeply personal and I don't believe should have been brought up in a game. And you see why Artemi Panarin acted in the frustration that he did. 
I agree. And I'm sorry. I know some people are going to say, oh, listen, I mean, he's too sensitive. Why does he let these words? They're only words. It's like when you're a child, right? Sticks and stones, but words will never hurt me. Words do hurt people. Okay. And it's not just because of this time, the stage that we're living in right now, where thank goodness, it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to talk about things that are bothering you. So when I heard, and I heard the same stuff that you are, are saying uh, regarding what Marshawn talked about, personal stuff over the line to Artemi Panarin. This goes much further than just a guy being, air quotes, sensitive or insecure. Hey, see, I press, none of the above. None of the above with Artemi Panarin. He's just like, put his foot down, or in his case, I'm going to throw the glove because if I throw you with my stick, you're going to have you lose an eye. I can't take it anymore. No one should take this anymore. This was actually Panarin standing up for himself and good job by him. I just wish Marshawn could have been penalized for that, but they don't penalize trash talkers, even if you go over the line. And there's no way to regulate that, of course. And then he's making jokes, Emily. He's making jokes in the news conference that followed the game about, you know, oh, we want to know what I had for Thanksgiving. I guess he didn't like the menu. You know, and I want to clarify something because I think there were some people confused of saying, well, wasn't Marshan mic'd up? Can't the NHL just look at that audio? No, the agreement in the selective bargaining agreement by the Players Association says if a player is mic'd up, that audio is accessible during the game. And if it's used on the broadcast, it can be. Let me let it be known that the NHL does you know, filter what comes on our broadcast. People are listening at all times. But the second the game is over, no one has access to that audio. And the Players Association did that to protect players. So we're never going to hear that audio, um, at least legally uh, leaked. Uh, and we'll never know exactly what he said. But as Linda and I said, from what we've heard, it did seem like Brad Marchand crossed the line. And the thing about Brad Marchand, you said it. He's such a talented player. And I really felt like in the last couple of years, he cleaned up his act. Um, we're about to talk about the slew fitting incident. It's his seventh suspension in his career. Before that, he had been suspended since 2018. You know, enough talks to the player safety department, enough talks to the women's organization said, Brad, you're so talented. You don't need to go licking people and doing these things. Now, the slew footing, that's something that was kind of, it's not just isolated to Brad Marchand. It's a huge issue I'm seeing in the league right now. This isn't the first yeah. time slew footing. P.K. Subban was getting slaps on the wrist by the Department of Player Safety. Remember, he injured Sammy Blay. That one wasn't quite a slew foot. It was more accidental, but the point stands. And then in the preseason, he did it against Ryan Reeves and got away with exactly. it. Um, it was interesting because I was between the benches for the Blackhawks-Blues game on Friday. Vladimir Tarasenko gets called for a slew foot. He's obviously really upset about it. When he comes out of the box, he complains to the best ref in the game, was so excited I got to work one of his games, Wes McCauley. And Wes McCauley is such a good communicator, Linda, because he came over to the Blues bench and he explained it clearly. And he said, look, we're being asked to crack down on cross checks this year and we're seeing more of slew foots. I saw it in this game. I'm seeing it all the time and I need to call it. And I feel like it's players just adapting and maybe there needs to be an emphasis on this because it's dangerous and it can injure players. You know, it reminds me when the NFL, right? Remember when they cracked down on uh, head hits. So then everyone was going for the knees, right? Remember all that? Because with a whole, uh, with good reason about the concussions yeah. and avoid the head. All right. Players are like, I'll show you. And they didn't of course say that, but how else are we going to stop? you know, uh, the opposition from scoring or gaining yards, let's take out his knees. And we saw the results of that, some serious injury. 
And so these are just players adjusting to the rules and trying to find a way to slow down the opposition. So I think at these meetings, whenever they hold them, and Emily, you know, you have a little calendar when these things take place, but they should look at that, that whole slew foot situation and how they regulate it. And we saw today a three-game suspension against Brad Marchand. So I think that's good. I don't know in the past how many players have gotten. Do you recall how many games are they suspended? Is that a set situation where the maximum is three or the minimum is three? I don't recall. It's all dependent on circumstance, the severity of the injury, a player's rap sheet. And again, I mentioned Brad Marchand, the fact that he had six suspensions previously led to the fact, including one for slew footing, led to the fact that he got three games. Okay, that's good. I could not believe this. I know it's happened before in the National Hockey League, sadly, but thank goodness it doesn't happen all the time. But there was a a game in Los Angeles. I'm still calling it Staples Center. I don't know what the heck it's supposed to be called. Cryptocurrency.com or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wake me up when I call that (laughs) building that name. Uh, No offense. It's too much of a mouthful. But anyway, I'll just say the LA Kings in LA. So anyway, back to the story. The Kings were hosting the Ottawa Senators uh, in L.A., okay, over the weekend. And, you know, I got to admit, I could not believe when I saw this. What broke my heart was the, the hurt and the emotion and the sound of the voice of Brady Kachuk talking about the scrum he had and the result of it with L.A. King, former New York Ranger Brendan Lemieux, and they got into it. You needed two linesmen to separate them. And then once they got up from the ice, Brady Kachuk, in fact, even before Brady Kachuk stood up on the skates and got up from the ice, he kept pointing to his hand. And you'd have to be blind not to see what he was pointing at. There was red blood from his hand, and he's trying to tell one linesman, then the other linesman, then the referee, before he was even sent to the box, hey, he bit me. He bit me. And the post game that he had explaining it, what had happened and the words he used to describe Brendan Lemieux. Now, Lemieux got a match penalty, right? So that's automatic review by the league, which is what they're doing as we speak. We haven't heard anything about what kind of penalty. I was going to say if any, but I know he's going to get a penalty. Oh, he's, he's getting got- a big suspension, Linda. Well, let's talk about it because the last guy that bit somebody, I believe, got six games. You know, if the NHL wants to get rid of this, give them 10. Please give them 10. You just want to get rid of it. Again, I didn't like the fact that the headlines on the bottom line on Saturday, talking about the NHL, and perhaps because it was such a busy sports day on Saturday, you know, the only thing that got into Sports Center basically was Brendan Lemieux bit Brady Kachuk in the hand. And here's what he had to say after it. This upsets me. This gets me nuts. You want to get rid of this stuff. You want to keep these kind of incidents from making the headlines. Then you got to make a statement. He won't get 10 games, but he should, Emily. The things that are like the most sacrilege, the grossest things in the game is anything that involves bodily fluids, spitting on someone, biting them. And I think what he did was just gross. And the NHL is going to take a stand. Um, You know, I think the discourse around Brendan Lemieux is really interesting right now. I have to give Brady Kachuk a ton of credit because that post-game press conference quote that he gave, so saucy, calling him a brickhead. When was the last time you heard brickhead? I want to use that all of the time. I think I'm going to. It was epic. epic. It was an epic post-game news conference. He says babies do it. 
Kids don't even do it. You know, I mean, Brady Kachuk is a baby to me. Like he's so young and just to have that, I don't know, uh, hilarity, but also gravity in the moment I thought was really strong. Um, and I also think, you know, he came out and said it. Guys don't like him. He's on his third organization. Yeah. You heard Tim Peel, who now works for the Daily Faceoff, say, I don't think he respects the game. When I was working games as an official, he never respected me. Um, I, hey, that's big. That's big. Emily. And let's remember who his father is. He's born, literally bred this way. Claude Lemieux, a great right. instigator of his time, who, ironically enough, would spar with Keith Kachuk, a great instigator and a player of his time, the father of Brady Kachuk. Yeah. And he's well aware of that history. They both are. But it was Brendan Lemieux who instigated it. And Brendan Lemieux is the guy that put his teeth into the hand of Brady Kachuk. Who does that? And I don't want to hear I, I'm glad you're confident that the league is going to give him 10 games. I'm not holding my breath. I sure hope you're right. You usually are, Emily. So we're, well, that'll be great. But the thing is, it's like, don't be a hypocrite, NHL. Don't care about the, uh, the health and safety of players when it comes to COVID or something like that. And how about the health and safety of being bit in the hand by an opposing player? I mean, gross. it's gross. It's awful. And speaking of COVID, would you mind if I segue to the New York no, Islanders? I want to tell a quick story of the grossest thing that ever happened to me as an athlete, Linda. Okay, go ahead. Someone gave me a wet willy once in a high school field hockey game. It was oh, that's so gross. Disgusting. It was an opponent I'll never forget. We were playing Northern Highlands. Those girls were dirty. They're grass field. They need to get some turf. Anyways, I'll never forget it. I like I wince thinking about it now. So yes, bodily <laughs> fluids and biting have no place in any game. Let's go into COVID. All right, thanks for sharing that. Okay, uh, COVID. All right, uh, our last time we got together on this podcast, I spoke to you about how the Ottawa Senators they set the tone. Ten games, ten guys in COVID protocol. They deserve to have their games postponed. They had a serious issue when you have 10 guys in COVID protocol. We spoke about the Islanders, how they, half their team was not half, but a few of their players were AHL. They had at the time eight players, last time we got together, eight players in COVID protocol. They had a few others, real injuries, okay? So they didn't have a lot of their regulars. And it has showed they had lost eight in a row, I believe, at the time when we spoke, when they had eight players in COVID protocol. So what do you think happens? I said to you then, I said, because we talked about it, you thought, hey, maybe that the league is going to give them a break too. And I got, I said, no way, that wouldn't be fair. Because, you know, Ottawa, it took 10 players. San Jose at one time had seven players, I believe, in COVID protocol. They They're got not looking at the numbers, the league isn't. What they pause for is when they believe it to be an active transmission. And that's why the senators pause because they're like, we can't get this under control. That's why I was surprised the Islanders didn't pause sooner because it was very apparent to us that it was an active transmission. Like each day there was more and more guys getting added, um, but they eventually did. It's not a very long pause though. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, everything I can, you can't, I just don't, I just don't think it's fair. And I'm not just saying this because it was the Rangers that were affected by both of these postponements. I mean, think of it. Okay. All the league. I get it. Rangers aren't complaining. They'd look really bad if they complained about it. But is it truly fair when a red hot team like the Rangers, it could have been any team in that division, you know, it could have been the Washington Capitals, right? Red hot team playing at the top of their game right now. When you need two points, you always need a couple of extra points, especially in the Metropolitan Division. 
which has turned out to be better than we ever thought it would be and deeper than we ever thought it would be and more competitive than we ever thought it would be. Those two points matter. And why not have a chance to beat up on a team? That's why we have the AHL. I told you that before. That's why that league is in place there. Okay. So I think Lou Lamorello spoke early and often and even more so, and he got his way. And the squeaky wheel did get what he wanted. So listen, I have nothing against the Islanders, but I just think if you say this team, I know you're saying about the whole whatever, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole medical side of it and how you can't control it. I mean, we've been living it. We've all been living that situation, Emily, right? I mean, you know, you just have to be careful. And they're all vaccinated, for goodness sake. We have. So it's just... You know, you just, that's what you sign up for, Em. You know, figure it out. It's hard. It's a tricky situation. And you're starting to hear more and more teams and players, at least I am anecdotally, express some concerns about the Olympics. Because remember, that's the big win for the players this year. They get to go back to the Olympics after missing 2018. They're so excited about it. But they're like, wait, the league is making us, they're starting to get closer. And they're like, the league is making us go to Las Vegas beforehand for All-Star well, what if we get COVID there? We're not going to go. And then they get the athlete handbook from China and they go, wait, if we get COVID there, we have to stay quarantined in the hotel room for three weeks and not come back, potentially miss games. And I'm starting to hear guys say, holy heck, I don't want to do that. That's really frightening. Now they still want to go largely. And I think they're still fighting for it, but we're starting to see some precautions behind the scenes. So for example, all-star game in Vegas, the NFLPA told the league, Hey, you can plan everything else. Let us take care of some things for the players. We're going to move their hotel. We're not going to stay at the Wynn Encore where they usually stay, even though the league's like, well, we can make it pretty hermetically sealed. They're going to stay at a different hotel now, which doesn't have a casino. They're going to strict their protocols. There might even be like a hybrid media day, no media day at all, um, just to make sure guys can go off the ground. As of now, everything's being planned as if All-Star is a go, Olympics are a go. But let me tell you, it's too early to say anything declarative because- it's constantly evolving. There's going to be some casualties, Emily. There will be some casualties. There will be players getting COVID and sadly would not be able to fill their, fulfill their dream and go to Beijing because of what's going on here. Um, I still, if I was a betting person, I would say no. I would say do not. They're not going to Beijing. For the first time in a while, I felt like it's less than 50% chance they're going. And that's based off things I'm hearing here in North America, but also some things I'm hearing from some people in Europe who are very involved in the IWHF and the IOC who are hearing some similar things. Especially with this new thing from Africa, right? I forgot what the heck Yeah, it. it's scary. It's, we're getting into the flu season. That's it. I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to make sense. And I know how much they want it and all that, but. Speaking of COVID, Linda. We have a first in professional sports. I believe this is the first general manager who has ever been fired while he has COVID. And I'm talking about Mark Bergevin of the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, you're right. He is the first. Mark Bergevin, who we remember with his passion as the uh, Montreal Canadiens went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. I remember that just excitement in the box with his red jacket. You know, I spoke about that on the radio this morning on uh, SiriusXM. I'm like, I always remember this guy with the long gray hair and the red jacket. But seriously, something had to change. The owner, Jeff Molson, said he didn't like the what was going on. He didn't like the direction the team was going. And not with the guys on the ice. Jeff uh, Molson made it clear it's not the guys on the ice. He said, but it's in management. And boy, Emily, 
you name it, they were fired. I mean, they were at least, you know, Bergevin wasn't the only casualty. There was a couple other guys under him. Um, and, and then Scott Mellonby, who thought he was next in line to be the GM of the Canadians, he resigned. Uh, so uh, Jeff Gorton uh, was named the executive VP and his mission, the former Rangers GM, his mission will to be uh, find the next general manager for the Montreal Canadiens. Linda, it was the worst kept secret in the entire NHL that Mark Bergevin's contract was up this coming summer and he was not going to return to the Canadians. Everyone knew they were going towards a divorce. I think what happened is the noise got too loud. It just got too dysfunctional. The team was doing so poorly that Jeff Molson said, why delay the inevitable? Let's just start fresh now. It's not a coincidence that it happens just after American Thanksgiving. Again, the threshold a lot of teams make of, are we a playoff team or are we not a playoff team? You know, the reason Scott Mellonby resigned, he's a really well-respected AGM in this league, probably deserves a GM position somewhere, um, you know, just based off his body of work. He had meetings with Molson and said, okay, am I going to get this position? Guess what Scott Mellonby doesn't do? He doesn't speak French and being bilingual is very important to that organization. I have my opinions on it. I think it's a little too narrow-minded. I think that you should be looking for the best candidate period and we can figure out ways that they can communicate with your fan base. Maybe just give someone the opportunity to learn French. Um, That said, it's a very traditionalist place and that's the stake they put in the ground. Hey, that's what I said as well. Here's the deal. Stop being prehistoric, Montreal Canadiens. Emily, Emily, we love the city already. We know know it. We're getting, remember, we're getting a place there eventually. So it's nothing against Montreal, but you have to stop this prehistoric thinking. Here's the deal. If you just attempt to learn French and a few words, you will get the respect. That's enough. And there are apps for that. There's an app for that. You can learn the language. Get the best person, the best candidate available to lead your team to the promised land. The NHL is better when a Montreal Canadiens franchise is a Stanley Cup contender each and every year, or at least in the playoffs, an original six with the greatest logo and sweater in the world. Come on, Emily. They have to stop, get their heads out of the sand and find a way to get the best person. And let me tell you, you pay that guy enough and he's the best person for the job. He will make an effort to learn the language. That's all you need to do is make an effort, Emily, and they'll love you. Yes, exactly. Um, But I will say, because they are making such rules, here are the few of the names that I've started to hear get to percolate. Danny Briere, the former Flyers player, obviously French speaking, has been working his way up in the management ranks, very hardworking. I'm hearing a lot of the same things about work ethic that I was starting to hear about Chris Drury like two or three years ago that obviously pretends well. Matthew Darch, uh, he's with the Tampa Bay Lightning organization under Julian Brisbois. Obviously, Brisbois just signed an extension to stay in Tampa Bay, but I would expect uh, Darch's name. And then Patrick Waugh is the one that everyone wants to connect. It doesn't seem like he's got the fast or in track there, but he's yeah. here rehab since he left Colorado, so you never know. Yeah, uh, a couple of things there. The reason why they bring in a Jeff Gorton, that's why I feel it's going to be like a Danny B, you know, a Danny Briere. Uh, I don't think a Patrick was much as I love this guy forever. Uh, it, I don't think he was going to listen to a Jeff Gordon. Hmm. Uh, and also, as you mentioned, and as I know, Patrick was name has been circling around forever for the last few years. Jeff Molson has never made it known that or expressed any interest or made any comments about St. Patrick. 
So I think he's going to be out of the mix. I think it's just you have to bring him up. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it is a Danny Briere type, a guy that can learn under Jeff Gordon, just the way Chris Drury learned under Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. You see what I'm saying? And that's where I think is the next move for Montreal. And they see it and they see how the Rangers have been successful with their reboot. And now they're looking good, like everything is coming into place. And so that is the big reason why they bring in a guy like Jeff Gordon. And it's a long-term contract. So he's not going anywhere. Okay. To wrap this off, let's just talk a little hockey in our weeks. Um, I'm recording this in St. Louis. I'll have my second Blues game in five days. You can see that I crush it at math. That's why I do this job. Um, They were a fun team to cover on Friday. Um, I think the biggest storyline with that team is just, I mean, there's a couple things. One, the young kids are really stepping up. Jordan Cairo and Scott Brunovich. Two, Vladdy Tarasenko after the trade request, really coming out firing. And it feels like for the first time, he finally has a community of Russians. You know, he was always the only one there. He's got Pavel Buchnevich now there. He's got even Barbashev. And it just kind of feels like he's finding a little bit more comfort there. Um, But for me, it's all of the forwards that they have and how tough it is to get them all ice time. Um, And, you know, Jordan Cairo, when I covered that game, he was 12th in the league in scoring and 172nd amongst forwards in ice time. And one of the funniest things that happened to me on the bench, Linda, was Barbashev and Buchnevich were right by me. And they kept looking over at my monitor because I have everyone's ice time there. They're being like, what's my ice time? What's my ice time? And (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm not used to that. I'm used to playing fourth line minutes. I'm a fourth line. It was pretty cute. Um, So to me, it's just the depth there. I'm with their forward group. And look. They're not a team that I told Colton Pareko super excited about, but they look good when they're playing well. That game, they were mismanaging the putts too much against Chicago. Um, if they make it in the playoffs, they can be a dangerous team. Yeah, well, they still have a lot of the core group, of course, that won a Stanley Cup. Uh, so that always helps. And I'm really excited to do their next game, which is Tuesday, and they're hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's the two most recent Stanley Cup champs. Vasilevsky versus Bennington, a pretty good goalie matchup. So I'm really pumped to cover that game. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. We've got Hockey Night on Tuesday and Friday this week. Fantastic. I'll be doing cut-ins during these games on Tuesday and Friday. So you'll hear my lovely voice. And then in the crease on Wednesday and Thursday uh, nights as well. Okay, before we let you go, we want you all to go please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, he's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, Perk, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives career journey with can't-miss conversations and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.